Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries Podcast. You're about to listen to another message from Pastor Isaac Worley. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to Him. Now, here's today's sermon. Well, hey, I want to jump right into his text. I don't want to spend um, any more time just listening to me talk. I want to hear the scriptures talk. And so, we're on this series called Radical Relationships. We are now, Radical Relationships, we just finished that. We are starting for this first week, Radical Religion. Radical Religion, and we are still going through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, verse by verse, going through this uh, three-chapter chunk in the Bible, the most amazing sermon that has ever been preached because it's been preached by God himself in man form, uh, that Jesus Christ spoke, and, and this is called the Sermon on the Mount, so we are going through it, and we just finished one whole chapter. Well, at chapter 6, Matthew 6, if you have your Bibles, you can actually turn that, that's where we're going to be, but in chapter 6, Jesus shifts gears, and he starts talking about a whole different topic, and so that's why we're shifting gears. So this is a completely new sermon series, unrelated to radical relationships. We are talking about radical religion, whole new sermon series, and... Um, but to start it off, I, I want to talk about this, this word, religion. How many people have heard religion is a bad thing? You don't want religion. You want relationship. Yes, relationship, not religion. I want to talk about that exact controversy. That, I, want, I want to have that discussion tonight. Um, so to start off with that, I, I want to, let me tell you a, a story to kind of get this picture in your mind, Okay. So uh, my little brother, it's kind of sad. We're, we're three hours apart, and so I'm kind of missing on a lot of the uh, missing out on a lot of his growing up experiences. My little brother Nathan. Well, I mean Adeline too. My my uh, is she 16, 15, 15, almost 16. Uh, Nathan's 10, 11, something like that. And I, so we're yeah. Sarah knows. I looked at her. She always tells me. Um, so, but anyway, so I just don't see him a whole lot. And so they're kind of going into that. He's going into that uh, time of his life where he's starting to. Um, you know, try out what sport is he good at? What does he like to do? What, what sports does he like to play? And so um, he's really, really small. And so uh, football's not really for him. Maybe he could do wide receiver if he's really fast, but he's got to be fast or else it's going to hurt because he's teeny. But uh, baseball, baseball's not very, it's not really a physical sport. And so he's really trying that one out. Um, and so we've only been updated by my mom shooting us texts about kind of how baseball practice has been. And rec- the most recent update is that he, um, he got hit one time by the pitcher. Pitcher threw it a little far to the side and, and hit Nathan instead of uh, to where he could swing and hit it. And since then, he's been absolutely terrified. He, uh, the kid, he won't come anywhere near the, the pitcher's mound. And uh, the coach is even like, Nathan, get out there. Or not the pitcher's mound, the, the, uh, the batting, uh, whatever you call it, square. Uh, the coach is like, get on out there. You can tell I'm so athletic. <laughs> um, the coach is like, get out there and, and do it. He's like, absolutely not. Like Nathan won't do it. He's like yelling back at his coach and he won't do it. And, and so um, this, one, this one night, just recently, this past week, he goes and he stands by my, by my mom in the bleachers, right, by all the, by all the moms in the bleachers next to all their, their mom vans. And uh, he's going to stand by my mom. And <laughs> apparently somebody hit a, a foul ball and it like popped up in the air. And so the coach yelled because it was kind of going near where the moms were in the bleachers, right? And so just to be kind, the coach is like, hey, heads up. <laughs> and they all look up. And it's like 20 feet away from the bleachers. And so you can tell it's not going to hit them. 
Nathan apparently starts sprinting the other way, screaming and like literally crying. And my mom's like, Nathan, come back. And he goes and gets in the car, slams the door. And my mom had to come get him. And she's like, Nathan, that was like 20 feet away. It's not going to hit. I'm not getting out there. I'm not going anywhere near that ball. And so like he's just, he's terrified of baseball. And so um, we haven't found a sport yet, but uh, probably not going to, I don't know. He keeps saying he loves baseball, but my mom says now he won't, he won't bat. And uh He's too scared. He would throw, but he's scared to have it come to him for him to throw it back. And so uh, if he can start with the ball, he'll throw it. But, um, but he's also scared to pitch because he's scared of it coming back at him. So we don't really know. He's scared of the ball. So how do you work with that? Um, I say that story to set the scene because I think a lot of Christians are terrified of the word religion. And they're running away from it because they've had one bad experience or they've seen one bad example of religion, okay? Let, let me kind of tease that out a little bit. They, they've seen one Pharisee, right? We, we call people that, that have um, all this like religious devotion. They're, they're following all the strict rules and they're doing all the right things, but there's nothing in here, right? And so we'd call that person a Pharisee, somebody that's just <clears throat> doing it for show and they're just so religious, but they just don't love Jesus. And, and we see what we call like a robot Christian, right? Somebody that's just doing all the right things, but there's nothing in the tin man, right? Uh, we see that example. And so we sprint as far as we can away from what we would call religion, and, and now we just want an authentic relationship. None of those rules, none of those expectations, none of those lists, none of that. Because that creates robots, that creates Pharisees, that's dead religion. We want authentic relationships. So none of those rules, none of those things. And I think that, that that's not necessary. It doesn't have to be that way. We see in Scripture that we are called to love Jesus, right? That's in Scripture. But we're also called, and we should be disciplined with religious activity. We should be devoted to prayer. We should be people that fast. That'll be a fun week when we start talking about fasting. We should be people that are devoted to opening up this book and studying it for everything that we can, right? We should love Jesus with our heart, this relationship aspect, but we shouldn't be sprinting away from all these disciplines that really put feet to the relationship, if you know what I mean. The relationship is good. It's authentic. Have a genuine love for Jesus in your heart, deep down, a love for him. But these actions, religious actions, they put feet to that relationship. They put action to that relationship. And so I think we're running away from this uh, because one example or one possibility of, of somebody whenever they're experiencing religion, right? We run away from it. Um, but we don't only see it in Scripture that we're called to love Jesus with our hearts but also uh, with our actions and our religious devotion and activity. Um, but we see it specifically in the Sermon on the Mount. All of chapter 5, if you guys remember, all of chapter 5 was about Jesus' call for us to be radical for him amidst our relationships with other people, right? And really, he's calling us to love him with our hearts and not just our actions. If, if, you start, if I'm going to jog some of your memories, uh, he, he calls us not just to not hate or not, not murder, but he says, I, it's not just that action, don't murder. Like, I want you not to hate that person. I want you to love them with your heart, right? Jesus wants authentic love. Don't just, don't just commit adultery. Don't just cheat. Don't just have sex with somebody you're not supposed to. Don't just not do that action. But I want you to not lust. I want you to love that person and not look at them in an impure way, right? Jesus has a genuine concern for the heart, right? That's chapter five. 
Authentic love. Jesus affirms that. Yet, what we're going to see is chapter 6 comes along. You turn the page, and Jesus is talking all about religion. And he assumes, he doesn't even command us to pray. If you, if you, if you look in chapter 6, there's not a single command to pray, to fast, to devote your time in Scripture, to give tithes. There's no commands. He says when you do these things, it's assumed that you would be religious in your activity and your devotion to him. So yes, chapter five, love me with your heart, not just your actions. Chapter six, so when you guys do these religious activities, dot, dot, dot. Jesus is totally for love and, and, and having it deep rooted in your heart, not being a robot, not being this Pharisee that do, does these right things, but he has no concern for who Jesus is. He doesn't want robots, right? He doesn't want behavior modification. That's so true. But he still wants your behavior. That's what we see. So I think we're kind of being like Nathan. And we're running away from the word religion when that's just one bad example, a Pharisee is one bad example when it comes to religion, you can be a religious person and have such a love for Jesus. You can be a a devout person when it comes to your prayer life. You can be so strict and orderly with the times that you fast. That's religious to do those things. And man, you can be in love with Jesus. You don't have to be a robot. That's just one bad example. So, um, So for the rest of the time that we have, I want to kind of answer this question. Because if you don't have this this question answered, why? Well, then you just won't do it at all. So why should we make religious disciplines, that's prayer, fasting, tithing, reading your Bible, memorizing scripture even more, uh, meditating on the word, all these religious disciplines, why should we make that a part of our daily lives? Because some of you might not be able to answer that. That's probably why you're not doing it, right? Like, well, I don't don't make prayer a big part of my life. Well, probably it's because you haven't thought deeply about the why, because if you know why prayer is important, I'd be willing to bet you would devote more time to it, and so I really want to spend some time on, on why. What, what, is, what does it do for us? Because after tonight, I pray that you would see it does so much for us. It does so much for you that it is so valuable that the why is massive in religion. Religious activity, religious discipline. So, so why? Um, let me start reading here, and, and I want a little bit of crowd participation here in a second, so be ready for it. I'm going to read the three paragraphs. Okay, there's one paragraph about uh, tithing, one paragraph about um, prayer, and then Jesus also starts talking about fasting. So when you give to the poor, when you pray to God, when you begin fasting, he starts talking about these in three different paragraphs, and I'm going to read through all of them. Your job, ready for it? Find the one thing in common. What kind of is the common thread that Jesus is talking about through each one of those, okay? Cool. And at the end of the sermon, we're going we're gonna to look at this question, why are these disciplines important, okay? So try to find the common thread. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, it's talking about giving. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So, whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. Don't do that. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. That's giving. Let's look at prayer, what he says just a few verses later. Verse 5, it says, Whenever you pray, 
You must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have the reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret. This is what Jesus has to say about the discipline of prayer, okay? Let's look at the last one. It talks about fasting. He says in verse 16, Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you that they have the reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others. But your father who is, but, but is too, it's, it's obvious to your father who is in secret. Okay. What was the thread? Anyone know? What do you got, Emma? Don't show off. Come on, girl. Mm, that's good. Look at this. Look at this. Don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to everyone. I want people to see me fasting. Look at the next one. This is on giving. We're going back to the very first time. Uh, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Showing off. Prayer. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. So when we're looking at this question, why have religious disciplines... Why do them? What's the point of praying, fasting, giving? Well, we know it's not to get attention. That's not why you do it. That is not why you pray. That is not why you spend time fasting. That is not why you should give. And he's saying this because that was their experience back in in, uh, this time when Jesus was talking to them. He had, so this audience, this is kind of a fun little fact. It's really weird. You can, you can look it up. Um, they had little boxes on their head. Anyone ever heard about this? Okay. So they're called phylacteries. You can look it up. Um, really interesting. But, so it's a leather strap. It's like a headband. And, um, and they, they had like a box on their forehead Nerds, I swear, I know these things, I don't know. Um, so they had like these boxes strapped to their foreheads and they're walking around, Pharisees did. People that were overhearing Jesus teach his disciples um, on the Sermon on the Mount. And they did that, uh, I mean, good reasons. Like, there would be a good reason to have it. Um, it's really nerdy looking, but I guess they would probably think my cuffed jeans is nerdy. <laughs> anyway, um, they did that and you could, you could open up a little door, like oh, turn the knob, you know, you know, and pull out the little scroll. There was little scrolls, and you could just unravel them, and there was little prayers. Like, um, in Deuteronomy 6, the Shema prayer. Um, if you guys have ever heard of that, you can look it up, Deuteronomy 6. It, they had that just teeny little fine print reading. Itty bitty living space, right? I mean, just this little box. And, um, sorry, Aladdin. Yeah. Um, so they had all these little scrolls in this little box on their head. And they did it to show off. Good idea, right? To have, like, it's, it's, I mean, now we just got our phones, put it on your notes, don't be a show off. But, like, they had this box strapped to their forehead. Uh, I guess there's no better place to put it, right? In the front, front and the center. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, so they would do that, right? A good idea, uh, having scripture always, you know, accessible for you. Um, time of the day, they didn't have a whole lot of great, great things like, like iPhones and notes apps. But, um, so they had that. But it became for them an opportunity to show off their, scripture uh, memorization or their prayer time with God. So Jesus is saying, I want you to pray. I want you to be religious about your fasting. I want you guys to give religiously. 
but don't be a show-off. Don't be a show-off about it. That's not why you give. And we, we, we have our own little boxes, right? We have our own little boxes because we all lift our hands. We look around, make sure anyone else sees, right? I mean, we, we do that. Or maybe, maybe you're just such a great server in the church and we so appreciate your service, but maybe you want to make sure everyone sees that you're serving and you've been doing your time. We have our own little boxes, right? I mean, we do, we do these things, or maybe we're praying, or we, we're coming to the altar, and, and we want others to see us. That was me, and I'll admit it. Man, I was at youth camp, and I remember when Sarah told me later on that, that uh, all the girls love the way I worship. I don't even know what that means, but, like, you just raise your hand in the right times. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> but, like, man, that'll stroke an ego for a church boy. I tell you what, I don't <laughs> We all, we all have our own little boxes. Jesus is saying, I want you to be religious, not just have a relationship with me. Yes, most definitely have a genuine, don't be a robot about it. Put feet to your love for me, you know, have actions, but don't be a show off about it. That's not why. The why, I'm gonna, I promise I get to it. I'll get to it. The why is not because we want to get attention, but because he promises us a reward when we do these things. And now, I think a lot of us were like, whoa, hold on. Because when you think about God giving us a reward for things that we do, we're like, hold on, that's works-based salvation. That is, God's gonna give us, no, it's not works-based salvation. I'm gonna talk about that in a second. But we do need to see that that's in scripture. You do something and God will bless you for it. You do something, God will do something in return. You receive a reward when you pray. You receive a reward when you fast. Here, we'll read it again, okay? Um, Okay, I'm okay. Let's read it again. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you that they have the reward, but when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. What's the last sentence say? Read it with me. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. That's an incentive. Give. God's going to bless you. And I don't think we need to try to finagle our way out of, ah, well, I don't know, that's just like giving because I want to get back. Like, God's going to bless you. Receive that. That's, that's in Scripture, and that's not the only time. You can keep reading it. We'll go to the, the next paragraph, uh, the one that we just read about prayer. I won't read the whole thing. Truly, I tell you, that's there in the middle. Truly, I tell you that they have the reward if they go out on the street corners and they pray aloud. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. This next sentence might sound a little familiar. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. Fasting, starting in the middle there, verse 17. But when you fast... Don't go out, in the, you know, don't go out and, and make your face unattractive. But verse 17, when you fast, put oil on your head. Wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. That's what we see. So, so what is this reward? What is the reward? Well, we know it's not that people are going to be impressed by you. That's not the reward that we're going to get. Because those people have their reward, right? Those people, they can get uh, people being like, oh, he is so amazing. Like, you, oh, you just lift your hands at the right time. That's your reward. That's all you get. That's it. There's something better from God. God says, 
God will reward you. Those people, they can give you their attention. Who cares? That is nothing in comparison to the gift that God would give you when you pray. And you do it in secret because you don't want their attention. You want something from God when you pray. You want something from God when you fast. And so what's that reward? Well, we also know that it's not relationship with him. You don't earn God's love because you fasted so many times. You don't earn God's favor because you prayed so many times or or you prayed so long. You haven't earned God's acceptance neither now or in heaven. He doesn't give you heaven because anything you do, because for every one time that you pray, let's be honest here, for every one time that you guys pray, I guarantee you there's 10 offenses that you've done for God, to, towards God, and myself as well. Every time that we might fast, actually, I don't even wanna talk about the ratio of how many times I fast and sin. It's, it's terrible, okay? Uh, so we don't earn God's love because we fast. I guarantee you we, we earn God's wrath because of anything that we do. We haven't earned God's love, God's acceptance, God's relationship. That is not the reward. We can't do anything to be rewarded with God's love. That's not the reward. We don't do anything to get that. We We don't do anything to get heaven. God gives us that as a gift. So what is our reward for our actions of of praying more, of fasting more? Well, it seems to me, by looking at this text and another text, that the reward is a deeper experience of the already existent relationship with him. I'll say it again. The reward when you pray, when you just spend so much time in prayer, is a deeper experience, a deeper realization of the relationship you already have with him. You have that relationship with God. Now you dig into prayer time and it's that much more real to you that he is there, that he is present. We are rewarded with a deeper relationship with God. You might have a relationship with God, but when you pray and you spend time with him, man, that relationship goes so much deeper. You're rewarded with the depth and the reality of his presence that much more. You might have a relationship with God. You might have him uh, come into your heart. But man, It doesn't feel like he's present. We're promised a reward when you fast and you get rid of all other things and you just want to spend time with God. That relationship that's already in there, that's already in your heart, becomes so much more real when we do these religious disciplines. You're not rewarded with God's love when you pray more, but man, you are rewarded with such a deeper realization of his presence in your life. I think that's a reward many of us need. Many of us are craving so much that God's presence would be evident and real and noticeable in our lives, yet we never pray. We need to do these things to where we would receive the reward that many of us need, a deeper realization of God's presence in your life. For my own example, and I, and I want a disclaimer here, uh, this is not me trying to be like some Pharisee, hey, show off, I, w- I want to show you guys uh, my example, because trust me, um, I'm a mess, okay? I'm a mess, and I've got my own problems. But I do want to share, just as a means of example for you guys, that hopefully you guys would see this and would encourage you, um, and this has not been my, my entire life, trust me. This is, let me, let me share a little bit of my own experience recently, okay? This has not been very long at all, but just recently, I've really devoted my time to um, spending time in God's Word, okay? 
Don't be impressed. Isaac is not impressive. I am not impressive. Uh, so please don't fool yourself into being impressed by me. But I have been spending time in God's word. And let me just share a little bit about my own personal testimony of what that has, has done. In the youth camp I just came back from, right? I think it was last week. Yeah, last week we were at youth camp. And um, the other uh, dorm leader there, he was another youth pastor. And he thought I was absolutely crazy. Okay, we were going to bed at like 1 a.m., 12.31. And... Uh, he thought it was absolutely crazy that I would get up at 6 every morning and, and go outside and just spend an hour in, in, in just reading the Bible. Who knows how long I was going to, re- or how, how far I was going to get. I was just going to read for an hour. And, uh, and I'm, trust me, I'm, I want to just keep saying, this is not Isaac showing off. I am, I'm a mess and I never pray. I never read as much as I should. I never read the Bible as much as I should. But be encouraged by this testimony, this own example. Um, this, I was just, I was tired, and the other guy was like, man, get some sleep. Sleep in for, for one day. And I was like, look, I'm not doing that. I know it sounds crazy to get up at 6 when we just went to bed for the past five nights or, or three nights uh, at 1 or 12.30 or whatever it was. Um, but I genuinely believe that I will be sustained better throughout the day when I have just received God's word in my heart, that is much more sustaining than an extra 30 minutes in bed. I believe that. I believe that. And I think that God will reward, with, reward me for my time in his word, that he will show me that much more him in my life. And so I can either choose just 30 minutes extra more of physical energy, or I can have an hour worth of just diving into God's word that he would just pour into my life. And I chose the latter. So I, I did that. I was tired from it. But there is reward to religious discipline. Another example, Sarah and I have really devoted ourselves to praying recently. Again, not impressive if you looked at the past two years, my prayer life. But recently, just to give you an example, we've decided the last couple months that we would just start praying over everything. So whenever we leave for the day, whoever's leaving the house first, we're going to pray over each other. Uh, whenever we, before we go to bed, we're going to pray over each other. Uh, whenever we uh, feel like the other one's down and they're just kind of feeling, you know, like just drowsy. I mean, Sarah did this right before uh, service tonight. Hey, can I pray for you? We would pray for each other. We do it randomly. Like we're just walking down the hallway. Hey, can I pray with you? Can we pray right now? Can we just pray together? Can we just sit down on the couch and just pray together? We do that, okay? And that has blown my mind when it comes to God moving in my life. I know God has lived in my life uh, since he came into my heart years and years ago, but uh, man, the past two months, it has been far more real and just more evident that God is moving in my life because we've just been praying like crazy. We were just talking about it this morning before I, before I left. Uh, we were just talking about how amazing it has been to see God answer our prayers. Like sometimes you feel like God never answers my prayers. That hasn't been us the last two months. It just hasn't. We literally two months ago were just, we were literally crying to God together that, that we would get so, so just different things answered in our lives. And God has not only answered it, but he has poured out abundantly answers to that. That not only has he given us what we asked, but he gave us tenfold what we were desperately wanting. There's reward. God's, God's reality in our life goes so much deeper. When, that is a reward to us. When we engage in religious activity, prayer, fast, and we make it a priority in our lives. So the sad thing is, um, i got to wrap up here. The average Christian situation, I think, is that they want to go deeper, 
don't do anything consistently to commune with God. They want relationship with God uh, to go deeper, but they don't do anything to make it happen. And they have no plan to make anything happen because of that. I think because too many people think that where they're at right now with God is all there is to have. There is no deeper. There is no greater. There is no more real experience of God. And I want to tell you, if that is you and you feel like right now where you're at and you're just not praying much, you're not really spending much time in the Word, and you just feel like, oh, this is just what it is. God doesn't really show himself like he did in the Bible. You are wrong. I need to tell you that you are wrong. Commit yourself radically to prayer. Commit yourself radically to fasting. And I guarantee you, God will reward you with a deeper, more real, more evident experience of him in your life. What you're experiencing right now, him in your life just being evident, is not all there is. And I think many of us are just fooled into believing that that's all there is. It's what we're experiencing right now. So, to wrap up, let me speak to the individual that one, wants deeper, okay? Maybe you want deeper. Maybe you want a deeper relationship with God. Let's speak to you, not only you though, that you want deeper, but you're willing to do what it takes to be deeper with God. That person. I want to speak to you that has both those criteria, that you want deeper, and you're willing to do what it takes. I want you to know that religious disciplines are essential in having a deep relationship. Religious disciplines are essential. They're necessary. They're required. If you want a deeper relationship with God, you have to make time for prayer. You have to make time for fasting. You have to make time for meditating on God's word. If you want, but you're not willing to do that, you won't experience deeper relationships with God, more real experiences of him in your life. They are essential for a deep relationship with God. I want you to know that. And they, they are genuinely the answer to your feeling distant from God. They are the key into not feeling that anymore. But many of us just aren't praying Many of us aren't spending time in his word. Many of us aren't doing these things that God says are the means in which he shows himself. We're like, God, rain fire down from heaven. And God's like, I've already told you that's not how I'm going to show myself to you. I'm going to show myself to you through the word of God that I've given you, through the Bible that I've already handed to you. That's how I've decided to show myself to you. So if you want to see me in your life, open the book. I've already given it to you. And if you're not willing to open the book, Keep starving for it. We, if, we, if we're starving and we want to experience God, we have to follow the methods or the means in which he's already told us that's how we're going to experience him. Spend time in prayer. That's what he's called us to do if we want to seek him more. So we have to take serious our religious disciplines. I want to encourage you. I'm just wrapping up here. I've got to finish. But I, I plead with you. Fight to prioritize religious disciplines in your life. The consequence, if you don't, is far too great. You are going to continue starving for God's reality and presence in your life. You are going to thirst for him to show himself to you every day that you don't. Fight to prioritize him and spending time with him in your life. You have to because the consequence is far too great not to. We have to be more of prayer. We have to be more of reading the Bible. We have to take up the discipline of fasting. Fight to prioritize. Fight to prioritize these, these, these disciplines. We're going di- to dive into them um, each individually throughout the next couple weeks to kind of.
what they look like, what they mean, um, how you can fast in a good way or pray um, and do it to where your mind isn't wandering. We're going to talk about all those things. But I just want you tonight to commit yourself to doing them, to say, God, I want to seek you more. I want to experience you more, and I want to do my part in seeing you more. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.